This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. It's a special podcast we put together for you to enjoy on the weekends. It features some of the best interviews we did in the radio show during the week. If you'd like to listen to the radio show, you can go to Bongino.com, click on Station Finder, find out where the local station near you is. Before we get to our first interview, let me get to one of the sponsors we really appreciate. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Welcome to the interview show. First up today, kind of excited. You understand why? We talked with President Donald J. Trump. We talked about the possible plan for 2024, how hiring is going to be the most important task. Personnel, it's all about personnel, folks. If he were to get another term, you got to fix the personnel first. Don't miss this interview. It's really good. One of his best. Check out President Trump. I want to welcome back to the show. Good friend, good man. Hopefully uh, <laughs> running for office in 2024, President <laughs> Donald J. Trump. Mr. President, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Hi, Dan. Good. So I wanted to start out with this. I was just kind of telling the audience about this Axio scoop. I'm sure you saw it about it. If, yeah. if you were to run again, that you had some uh, plans to clean out the federal swamp and bring the government back to where it should be, which is public service and not politics. And Mr. President, uh, the left freaked out because this is obviously a source of their power. They tried to weaponize it against you. They cost you a lot of time with a bunch of nonsense. Um, can you comment on that? Your thoughts on the story? And, and if you were to say run again, is, is, you know, was that, is that something that you would put at the top of your uh, priority list? Well, it was a very strange story because it was many, many, many pages. And they basically were putting almost like it would be a platform. And they were writing it <laughs> as though I wrote it. And they actually wrote it themselves, Axios. And many of the things they said were not bad. Uh, one of the very important elements of the story was exactly what you were talking about, the deep state or the swamp. Uh, and they wrote it. But they wrote this lengthy paper that was many pages long. And I didn't have any conversation with the reporter. And I don't know where they got it. And some was fine and some wasn't. But it was a little bit interesting. But look, there is a deep state. There is a a lot of group of people that are not doing a very good job for the country. And we understand that. And 
I think only somebody that's been there for a period of time. I was there for a long period of time and would understand it. Most people don't believe it. They think it can't be possible. But uh, it maybe is even worse than uh, anybody would think if you look at yeah. uh, the things that go on. It's, it's a lot worse than people would ever imagine. Well, obviously, Mr. President, I was not in, in your spot. It's fairly obvious, but... You would think, you know, when you get elected president that everybody just, you know, falls in line. And unfortunately, that's not the way it happens. And I don't think people really understand the depth of of the anger. Some of these people who put politics before their public service had. They really tried to get in front of everything you did in the administration, the leaks, all this other nonsense. I mean, think about it. You got three justices in there. We got tax reform. We had massive regulatory reform. The Federal Register shrunk uh, by the uh, or grew with the slowest amount we've seen in decades. You did right. all of this despite this relentless assault. I rebuilt by this bureaucracy. the military, Dan. I rebuilt the military. Right. Of course, we gave 85 billion of it to the Taliban through Biden, yeah. uh, but uh, rebuilt the military. You know, we did things that nobody thought could be done despite this. But they do. They they will slow walk things. They won't say no. They'll never say no. They'll slow walk. They'll say, oh, yes, sir, we'll get this done. And then all of a sudden you'll say, where are those papers? Oh, we're working on them hard. You have people that you would least suspect. It's a, it's a crazy place. And it happens to other presidents, too. This is not this right, is not right, unique. Right. It's happened to sure. others. And it happened. I would say it's happened to all. But uh, it's a very unusual place. There's no question about it. So not and to belabor can, the and, point and that can be handled, by the way, and it can but be that's handled. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, is that, that's what I was going to ask you. I don't want to beat this up. I got a couple other things I want to talk to you about. You've been generous with your time. But is that priority number one for you? Um, if, if you were to run in 2024, um, that personnel that you got to get the right people in there. I mean, you, you ran as an outsider last time, Mr. President. You didn't have a yeah. list of your old political free. You weren't a political guy. You're a business guy. Now you've been there. That's you've true. seen it. You got a battle plan now. Is that priority number one personnel? So the most important thing is personnel, because without the right personnel and what people don't talk about and and don't really understand, but maybe they do. I had great people, but I also had some bad ones. You know, you take recommendations. I was in Washington very little during the course of my life. 17 days, they tell me. I never stayed over. (laughs) And some of those 17 days was building a great hotel that worked out very well. But, you know, I was in Washington very little, and I was taking recommendation of people that in some cases were rhinos and rhinos that you didn't know were rhinos uh, or people that I wouldn't have agreed politically with certain things, but were taking recommendations from people that I knew in Washington and that maybe I respected, but maybe in the end didn't. And you'd put some of those people in and they didn't do the job. But I will say, we look, I re, when you think of all that we've done, getting the tax cuts, biggest tax cuts ever. Uh, I have a book of over a thousand things that we did, even right to try. I mean, something like right to try. You know what that is? Uh, yeah, yeah. We got so much done. But it was uh, some cases like uh, hitting your head against the wall. And speaking of the wall, by the way, uh, we did an unbelievable job on the wall. But I had a two and a half year delay because I got sued by Democrats in Congress and others. We had 11 lawsuits. I won them all. Took two and a half years. We got the wall built. Then I added additional wall. And that would have been completed in three weeks, except Biden decided not to do it. But we did an incredible job with the wall. And that's why my numbers were so incredible, were so good on 
illegal immigration. And by the way, I looked at an overhead today from, I guess, a helicopter shot of a caravan coming into this country. There's never been it. This isn't even a caravan. This is mass. This is a mass of people, the likes of which few have ever seen before, pouring into our country. Nobody has any idea where they're from. They don't check them. They just let them come in. Our country is being poisoned to death. Yeah, 900,000 gotaways since you left office. 900,000, yeah, yeah, well, bigger than the population of San Francisco. Uh, Mr. President, yeah. big number coming out on Thursday. Now, you come into office, Barack Obama leads the worst recovery from a recession. Those are just the numbers in modern American history. He is the first right. president to never hit 3% GDP. You come into right. office, boom, just takes a couple of quarters, turns it around. Finally, the economy's motoring again. Then we get the COVID disaster, right? Now, Joe Biden's about to hit two negative quarters. And then we built it again. Then you did it again. That's right. That's that's my favorite. Remember I called you? I said, Mr. President, you gave me goosebumps when you said we'll build it again. I loved it. (laughs) I did it That is the line. Yeah. Uh, You did. But now we're looking at a recession here with Joe Biden. This has got to make, this has got to infuriate you knowing the answers are already there. Just follow the battle plan you laid out. Well, remember, their numbers are better than they really should be because they had an overflow from the success that I had. And as an example, in the stock market, the market was the stock market was higher on November. If you if you look January 20th, it was higher than it was prior to covid coming in. So when covid came in, I will say this without the China virus, because that's a much more accurate term coming in, Dan. That was the greatest economy in history. We went through that period of the early years. That was the greatest economy. We were lapping China. We were doing numbers that nobody ever would have believed. Everybody said 2018 China will surpass us in terms of size. It was just the opposite. We were picking up steam against them. Not easy. And we did a job that nobody's – we had the greatest economy Ever in history. We did the greatest numbers ever in history. Then we had COVID come in and then we redid it again. But that first redo, then the second one was a work in progress, but it was really strong. The stock market was even higher and we gave it over. They had a lot of that left over from what I was doing. And that helped their numbers because when they average them out, but for the first four, five, six months, you know, they were able to take advantage with what I did. But it's a shame what's happened to our country. It's a shame what's happened to the lack of respect we have from other world countries is incredible. They no longer respect us as a country. Iran would have never have even thought about doing what they're doing right now. That's a big problem, by the way. It must be. You can never allow them to have a nuclear weapon. Uh, China, the lack of respect. Russia would have never, ever gone into Ukraine. And even the even the Democrats say that that wouldn't have happened. And it didn't for four years. It didn't. It was not even a question. Putin would have never done that. All of the thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives that are being lost and the total destruction of that country would have never happened. It's very sad yeah. to, to, to look at what's happened to our country. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing it now with China and this potential Pelosi trip to Taiwan. The rhetoric yeah. of Mr. Trump is, is uh, uh, Mr. President, is, 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 is insane. The, the, the Chinese government has been empowered 
since you left off. There's no question yeah. about it that the, the Democrats are now admitting it, that the rhetoric from China has been escalated. And, and they just don't want to say it since you left. That They leave that they part out. They didn't talk to me that way. They didn't talk to me that way. And by the way, they talked to this administration the first day when they were in Alaska. Do you remember that, right? They were lecturing mm-hmm. us the first day. They never talked to me that way. And I had a very good relationship. Uh, it obviously, once uh, COVID came in, I viewed them much differently than uh, in a much different way than I did uh, initially. But we had a strong relationship with them. I took in hundreds of billions of dollars of taxes and tariffs from China. Now the word is that uh, Biden's going to give it all back. Hundreds of billions. Think of this. Uh, Iran would have never, ever even thought to have a nuclear weapon. They were ne- yeah. We would have had a deal within one week. We would have had a deal with Iran. Now Iran wants billions of dollars. They want. <laughs> it's not even believable. Right. And they're very close right. to having a nuclear weapon. Would have never yeah. happened. All of these things, and we wouldn't have had inflation, Dan. We had a dollar eighty-seven gasoline. We had uh, thirty dollars and forty dollars a barrel. Now we have. It's going to be a hundred and fifty. It, what's yeah. happened is incredible. But we had no inflation. We were energy dominant. We were energy independent, but we were energy dominant on our way to total dominance. And now we're begging for energy from Venezuela, from Saudi Arabia, from everybody, like a bunch of beggars. What's happened to our country in two years has never happened before and never so quickly. Uh, uh, Mr. President, I only have a minute left before the computer cuts me off. But just your quick thoughts on this ridiculous January 6th hearing, these absurd claims of you attacking a Secret Service driver, sending armed yeah. people. To, it's so it, it, it's it's at the point now where it's beyond yeah. fairy tales. It's just absurd. Your, your thoughts on that? It's in a, minute a disgrace. I, I mean, for that person who wanted to work for the administration, she wanted to work for me with the group and the group didn't like it. They said she's uh, they don't like her. And but she made up these stories were disputed. I mean, the Secret Service, which they never do this, they said that never took place. Think of it. I'm going to strangle that he strangled. He tried to strangle. I didn't know you were a UFC fighter, Mr. President. I I know you like the UFC, but I didn't know you were warming up for the UFC in the back of the limo. (laughs) I like watching. Okay, I like watching. (laughs) No, so ridiculous. The whole thing is a hoax and it's a disgrace what's happened to our country. Yeah, it has. Mr. President, thank you so much for your time. It's always an honor to speak thank with you. you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Thank you. You Bye. got it, folks. President Donald J. Trump, folks, covered a lot of material. That was President Donald Trump. What I think was, uh, as I said, one of our better interviews with him. He's really open and candid. Up next, we talk with Leo Terrell, but let me get to our next sponsor first. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. 
That's shopify.com slash system. Here's Leo Terrell and why Hunter Biden seems to get away with everything and how the protected class in Washington seems to never see justice. Give it a listen. And here he is. Who, Dan Bongino? No, not Dan Bongino. Another KABC radio host, Fox News contributor, good friend, great guy. The great Leo Terrell. Leo, welcome back to the show. How's my twin brother? Uh, I'm great, man. I just got to tell you this. I don't want to get involved in any personnel matter, but I think Jim deserves a raise. Trump, yes. You do, right? I'm on on today. You got John Rich. Jim deserves a raise. What a (laughs) guest. He's doing a great job. He's doing a great job. It's unbelievable. We got Leo Terrell. We had Donald Trump (laughs) yesterday. John Rich tomorrow. Myra Flores. I'm telling you. Cubulus. Cubulus. Get this guy a raise. Hey, you know, Drew Hayes over at KBC, you got some whack. There you go. Get Jim a raise, Drew. I love Drew. You got a show over there, too. You can listen to Leo on KBC at uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time over there. Leo, you were on my show this weekend on Fox. You set the world on fire. I got the charts today. Audience loves you. We were number one thanks to you. Congratulations. Um, because, great show. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Well, I you helped. Believe me, you helped. You, you had this huge spike when you came on, which I always – you and Mark Levin – are the biggest, it's, a, it's like cheating. I just throw you guys on the show. It's a guaranteed win every week. So it's well, because he, you tell Dan, like your, your model, Dan, your monologue this Saturday was on oh, point where you talk work. about people. Why, why become a baseball player? Why become a celebrity? Just become a politician. Right. What's the point? And the, the, yeah. whether you know it or not, you just segued into my first question. You know, I, I thought of that monologue because I'm watching Tucker one night. I love his monologues, too. And he was talking about, you know, how Hunter Biden seems to just get away with everything, Leo. And I'm thinking to myself, my gosh, this is the greatest job in the world. Politician, politician's son, politician spouse, Paul Pelosi. I mean, this Hunter Biden, you're a lawyer. The case against this guy, you, you've got to know, is overwhelming. They've got his laptop. They've got his emails, his travel itinerary. They've got a business partner, Tony Bobolinsky. But yet he's connected to the protected class Democrat uh, family, Biden, and nothing happens to the guy. I mean, it's got to be infuriating. It's a civil rights attorney. You know what? I'll tell you right now, from a legal standpoint, there's overwhelming evidence to indict this guy. Everyone on this planet knows that. And I think time is everything. If the Democrats get a a, a, a butt whipping in November, I guarantee you, you're going to see the indictment. You're going to have a wounded, lame duck president. And these these Department of Justice lawyers, some of them are career guys. They have an ethical duty to file charges against Hunter Biden. This guy, Hunter Biden, is a criminal. He's an outright criminal, and I guarantee you, those indictment charges will happen after the November election because they want cover. They want cover. Yeah, yeah, but that's 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 crazy. I just said that. I just had this conversation with Jim. We were talking in the audience uh, before in the in the last segment in the, in one of the last hours of the show. I was saying how I think that's what they're doing too. I, I think the prosecutors. There's a possibility here that they know that anything they try to do now is going to get squashed by Garland. I don't think they care about being accused of interference at all. So I think they know the elections aren't going to go well for the Democrats and Republican chairmanships will take over. And this prosecutor who I've heard is a fair guy. There's a small chance he's saying to himself exactly that. Like at least we'll have Republican control of the house, possibly the Senate. 
and I'll have a little bit of cover. And therefore, if we get fired, we'll have some protection. I, I, I think your analysis may be spot on on that. Well, what led you to I'll, say that? I'll, that's I'll, that's I'll, so funny. I'll tell you the, the reason why is because, let's be clear, this is not a pure legal decision. It is a blended legal and political decision. And so these prosecutors, career prosecutors, they know politics involved. For If this case was strictly a legal case, Hunter Biden would be incarcerated, convicted, cheese thrown away. But politics is a factor and no way in the world can those those uh, justice lawyers ignore it. They have to take that yeah. into consideration. And it's not just Hunter. I think a case is like. You know, the Steve Bannon case, right? just, uh, you know, we just heard about last week for contempt of Congress. I mean, Eric Holder, Leo, who was a former attorney general under Obama, is obviously in this protected class, the Democrat Party now. Eric Holder told Congress to go pound sand. He was referred for a contempt of Congress charge, too. And yet Eric Holder, not a darn thing happened to him. There are clearly two systems of justice in this country, which means there's no system of justice at all. Uh, Dan, you're spot on. Listen, the Democrats have weaponized Department of Justice. They, for, you know, they, they, they went after Steve Bannon. It was purely political. And guess what? Now they want to go after a Supreme Court justice's wife. They want to yeah. hold her. Yes. They want to bring her in. I'm telling you, Dan, the Democrats don't play by the rules. They, they do whatever they can to get their way. That means to ignore the Constitution, ignore the rule of law, and the the last place where you where the American people expect, you know, justice is to prevail is the legal system, not in this democratic system. They will use the justice system to advance their political gains. I am so glad you brought up Ginny Thomas. Let me just disclose you. Yeah. Ginny Thomas is a longtime friend of mine, is an, an incredibly, incredibly dedicated conservative activist who would really would, 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 would sacrifice anything for the cause of liberty and freedom. She's an amazing person. Don't you find it a little bit ironic? You just got a cute something in my head. That, so we just got done talking about Hunter Biden. So if you're Hunter Biden, you're connected to Joe Biden. You leverage his name for millions of dollars in potentially corrupt international business deals. And yet we've seen no calls for a hearing on him at all. And yet if you're Ginny Thomas, there's no allegations you've broken any law at all, but your only crime is that what your your husband didn't keep you in the kitchen or something that you go out and do conservative activism and these so-called feminists in the federal government. Are like, Man, you better get control of your woman, Clarence Thomas. She's doing conservative stuff. I mean, is this not the most glaring example of a hierarchy you've you've seen? I mean, really incredible. Dan, this is why you're honestly, I keep teasing about the truth teller. You just lay it out. I mean, the American public who's listening to your show right now, no action against Hunter Biden, all the evidence, the laptop, all this information <laughs> out there, overwhelming. And Jeannie Thomas, what is her co- legal connection to January 6th or to anything? Hey, Absolutely nothing. 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 Zero. But it doesn't make a difference. And I had the privilege to meet Ms. Thomas. Great lady. And I'm telling you right now, they're trying to, again, to demonize the Republicans and then to distract from their disastrous administration. It is a horrific administration, but it will not work. Yeah, the numbers keep getting worse. We're talking to Leo Terrell. If you want to listen to him, he has his own radio show. It's amazing. We're on the same station as him at KABC at 5P Pacific. Make sure you tune in. Leo, I wanted to move on a second here. You know, um. You know, being an attorney, obviously the ability to debate and argue is, is, is one of the essential components of, 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 you know, being a value-added attorney. I mean, if you're terrible at that, you had no value to your client. 
But the Democrats have become particularly good, the liberals specifically, wing of the Democrat Party at wordsmithing. And I've been arguing before the break that information warfare is their thing, and one of the components is the ability to weaponize language. Uh, You see them doing it now. They're trying to change the definition of what a woman is. They're trying to change the definition of court packing. But just recently, they're trying to change the definition of the word recession. This is really powerful, the ability to do this, because if it was a Republican, we'd be laughed at. We would. If you and I tried to do this to protect Donald Trump, well, it's not really a recession. You and I would be mocked and laughed at. And fact checkers would, would, would find us and sick us out. But the left has this power, this, this ability to control the language and erase any objective truth. I've never seen anything like it. Oh, Dan, well, let me tell you right now, they have the ability and the cooperation of 95% of the media. Yes. But for yes. your show, but for Fox News, they <laughs> yes. have the manipulation of the media. They're in bed with them, Dan. I don't think anyone can really understand the power of the media. And the influence of the Democrats, again, if the Democrats do something wrong or change the term of recession, it's no problem. But Republicans will never get credit because 95 percent of the media is stacked against them. And that's why the Democrats can get out there and provide this misinformation, disinformation. Yeah, you're right. They do. They have like an offensive line in front of them. Leo, I I don't want to put you on the spot, but the the listeners, uh, they love you. And someone, I leave my Facebook page open for messages, and someone reached out to me during one of the breaks and said, please ask Leo about his appearance on Hannity last night. I've never seen him so upset about a story, but they never told me what the story was. And I got to be honest, I fell asleep. So, What was it? What happened last night? First of all, I want to thank that listener because I was upset. (laughs) I was really upset. Dan, let me tell you right now, you have to watch, and the listeners, every one of your listeners have to watch the video of a 16-year-old black kid who jumped the, the, uh, in the subway, was in a fight with a black police officer. And oh, this, guy, yeah, I this saw that. guy was vicious. This 16-year-old was trying to destroy this police officer. And you saw a black citizen trying to harm, destroy, damage, beat up, brutalize a black police officer. Where's Black Lives Matter? Which lives matter there? It's not just... It was it was horrific because where is the anger from Al Sharpton, Ben Crump? And I was upset because, you know what, police officers are not getting any respect. And, you know, the Democrats want to play this black, black victim, white police officer. Well, I saw a black police officer getting brutalized, brutalized. And where's the yeah. cry? Where's the anger from the black community? Where's Mayor Adams? I was upset and I'm upset now. Thanks for your your Facebook listener for bringing that up. I was truly upset. That's the back yeah, Oh, man, I saw the video. You know, that's it's such a good point, folks. This wasn't some setup. I didn't. That's why I said to Leo, I didn't mean to put him on the spot. But the, the, thank you for that, because I watched the video. And yeah, you're right. It appears that, you know, when they say things like Black Lives Matter, they really only mean certain Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I mean, Leo, you remember when, that. I mean, you, you can't, you being a black man in America with a documented history of fighting for civil rights, no question about it. The minute you said, I don't know if, you know, everything the Democrat Party says is necessarily my bag of donuts. Now, they hated you. They hate. So your life don't matter. When Herman Cain died, who's a black man, they thought it was freaking hilarious when he died of COVID. It's not Black Lives Matter. It's some Black Lives Matter. It's not exactly. black. black Lives Matter. nonsense. And then, Dan, when you couple what we just said about the 95 percent of the media who's going to look the other way, that's right. It's only certain black lives. Dan, remember that cap, that police captain, David Dorn in St. Louis? He was retired. Yes. He was yes. murdered. 
You didn't see Black yes. Lives Matter. You didn't see Ben Crow. Nope. You didn't see Alex Sharpton. It's only certain black lives under certain conditions. I want your listeners to know that. Where's, where's the sympathy for that black police officer who was just being beaten up? And it was just horrible. It was horrific. I'm upset. Yeah, it was. I, it was. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad I brought it up. I'm going to actually cover that on my Fox show this weekend because that video is, it's, it's tough to watch how society's just uh, degenerated completely. And I mean, he well, got I, out, that guy got out the next day. He got out the next yeah, day. Yeah, he got out the next what day. Leo, I got to tell you, I've been a police officer and you being familiar I'm, with the justice system too. You know, 10, 15 years ago, I mean, well, more than that when I was on the street, this, this kind of thing, and I was in a pretty bad precinct, the 7-5 precinct in Eastern New York, Brooklyn. I got about a minute left, but this kind of thing was really kind of unheard of. Like, one out of every maybe 500 police interactions did something this violent happen. Now it seems like it's every other day. You're right. And let me be just clear in this short time. The left does not respect police. They do not respect law and order. They don't respect a civilized society. They want to destroy what is so great about this country, a civilized society where we believe in public safety. They don't care about it. Look at this guy. Trained radio professional, Jim. You see, I told him I had about a minute left. You see, he stopped. Leo, you're the best. I get other people on. I tell them I got a minute left. Three minutes later, they're still talking. You're amazing. You have, this guy's a trained Jim radio a professional. Give Jim a raise. Give Jim a raise. Right. He's the best. I, I 100% agree. Cumulus, you hear that? Folks, don't miss Leo's show. He's got his own. You can always see him on Fox, of course. But KABC Radio, Leo Terrell Show. Leo, thanks so much for your time. Thank it's you. always an honor. To Thank have you very you. much, Dan. Anytime. Take you care. God it. bless you. Leo Terrell, folks. You got it. That was Leo Terrell. Up next, we talk to a bona fide legend, country star John Rich. We'll get to that in a second. Let me tell you about our next sponsor first. Next, country star John Rich about his new song, Progress. It's a good song, by the way, and how he's using alternative platforms like Rumble and Truth to create the music he wants to. I think you'll enjoy this. I am uh, beyond pleased and excited uh, to welcome to the show, I think for the first time on the radio show, a good friend and an unbelievably talented performer and a real warrior for liberty and freedom, John Rich. John, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you, Dan. Good to be on with you, brother. So you've done it again, another number one, your new song, Progress, telling the uh, cancel culture progress air quotes folks to stick it where the sun don't shine is rocketing up number one you have beat out all of these lizzo and all these other people you are sitting on top of the charts you beat cancel culture how does it feel buddy man it feels incredible and i have to say uh it's not because i'm singing it that it's at number one dan it's at number one because of the lyrics of that song and what the song is pointing out what it's pushing against. Uh, I think Americans across across this country right now hear that song and they go, ding, ding, ding. That's how I feel. I think probably anybody could have sang it and gone to the top. But the issue is the music industry won't allow songs like that to ever come out. Those songs are being written in Nashville all the time, but they're not allowed to come out because people are with record labels and big companies that won't allow it to come out. Fortunately for me, I've been very blessed in my career that I don't have to have a record label or a publisher or anything anymore. I can actually just put pencil to paper, write what I feel, sing it, and put it out. And I'm I'm happy to be in that position. It's because of the fans and people like yourself that have supported me that 
allow me to get out and do it. And, man, this song is causing quite a stir, and, yes, I'm very happy about it. Folks, download the song today. It's called Progress by John Rich. You know John from Lone Star, Big and Rich, from his solo career, from his songwriting. Folks, I've, I've been to John's house. It is a beautiful but You would be stunned how many songs John has his fingerprints on in some way, shape, or form. He's got these, uh, Jim, he's got the songs up around his house, like lyric sheets. And you're like, oh, I've heard that one. Like, that's a good one by artists. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had a road piece. This guy's been involved in everything. John, you did something unique with this song, though. You released it on True Social, Donald Trump's social media platform, and Rumble, a disclosure, I'm an equity holder in Rumble, but it's a free speech alternative to YouTube. And, uh, you know, we were very happy to have you, and we knew it was going to be a success, but this wasn't a success. You were number one. Like, this was the <laughs> success. You were, you're number one. That was, What made you think of that? You said, screw it, I'm not even going to deal with these old school, uh, you know, uh, cancel culture things. I'm just going to go right to new tech. Well, if we're going to call out, uh, and like you said in air quotes, progress, which is anything but progress, in my opinion, if we're going to call it out, the song, one of the lines in the song says they shut down our voices. Well, that line is talking about Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, those platforms that if you speak your mind in a way that they don't like, they they turn you off. They delete you. They kill your ability to speak on those platforms. So I thought, well, how hypocritical would it be for me to use those platforms, even though I have huge followings on those platforms, to use those platforms on a song that's calling them out. So I said, I'm not going to do that. Let's test this for a minute. Can we beat the machine that's been put in place and only use free speech platforms, only use rumble, only use truth. Let's launch it on those two and see what happens. Now I can, I can promise you, Dan, there's not a manager in the world that would have told me that's a great idea, John, you'll definitely go number one. If you do that, nobody would ever say that, but that wasn't the point. The point was what's possible. Let's on purpose don't go to those other platforms and see what happens within six hours, Dan, of it being out this past Friday on Only Truth and Only Rumble. It had knocked Lizzo and Billie Eilish out of the top spots on the billboard uh, on the iTunes sales chart for America. John, I never fake it with the audience. Not my thing. And I I knew, uh, listen, I, you're John Rich. Everybody, I knew the song just like you know, Santa's got a dirty job and some of your other songs. I, I know I knew it was going to be big, but this has been a phenomenon. I mean, I, I've gone on social media. People are talking about it. it's been all over the news. Do you think um, you said something in the opening part of the interview? I want the audience to kind of uh, I want to double down on what the audience you made a good point because it's not about you. And you were quick to emphasize it. Yeah, listen, you've kind of made it already. So you have vehicles to do this. Other people don't. But do you think possibly down the line that you've trailblazed kind of a highway and a path here for younger artists who may not get this opportunity in the new woke entertainment community to kind of pursue that same parallel economy, you know, rumble, truth and, you know, conservative media to get their music out there? I think uh, without a doubt, we just proved it, Dan. I think we actually literally just proved it. And here's the thing. Uh, if, a, if a singer, songwriter, or a movie maker, or any creative person comes with content that aligns and inspires the audience, and they've got those platforms at their disposal, and they use those platforms, it can turn into a viral moment for anybody. It could be somebody you've never heard of, but if the song is there, and it's really great, and it's really driving that nail through the board, you could have superstars emerge 
outside of the machine. You know, the the success of progress proves that you can beat the machine without bending the knee. And that's what I wanted to see if that was possible. I wasn't sure if it was possible, to be honest. I didn't know if I could get exposed to, to enough people to make me competitive, make this song competitive with the biggest artists in the world. I was not sure of that. So I, but I tried it. It's called being an American. You know, you can't yeah. say one thing and rail against one thing. And then when it's inconvenient for you to do so, you still go play patty cake with the other side. That, we, that yeah. part is over. No more games. No more games in this country. Put your money where your mouth is. Step out there. Say something strong. And, and, and cut them out for a change. They like to cut us out. I cut them out. I cut them out of it. And, and <laughs> I want people did. to gain I want people to gain confidence that we yeah. have what we need at our disposal to go forth and be heard and be successful without them. Folks, we're talking to John Rich, the number one song in the country, Progress. Please go download it, pick it up, listen to it, stream it, download it. It is so important. It's not just number one, but he stays at number one. This is sending such a bold message. John, the the song is is really good. Like Jim and I were kind of laughing during the break. It's it's catchy. I mean, the chorus is catchy. And you know what these guys are? Someone told me once that Bon Jovi had a thing once. They said, don't bore us, get to the chorus. Like, you have this thing, like, your chorus is, like, even the Santa's got a dirty job. Like, you're just sitting around one day. I think I was talking to Mike Rowe, who you did Santa's got a dirty job with on my show. And I said, how did the song start? And he goes, Dan, he's like, John Rich, man, just, like, came out of the bathroom and thought of the song. And it was like, that. is this stuff just, like, go off in your head? Is it this is some genetic thing? I mean, I couldn't write a song if you gave me a month. Well, I, I think it's just something I've been blessed with, man. It's kind of a sixth sense a little bit. Um, every now and I'll, I'll tell you how progress happened. I was walking through a Lowe's here in Nashville buying some lumber. We were going to work on this little deck project, and I looked at a two-by-four, and it was almost $12 for a two-by-four, and they're normally about three oh. or four bucks. And I went, Boy. yeah, there's progress for you. That's kind of what I said under my breath. I'm walking around. I see some paint, same thing. I'm like, this is insane, these prices. And I go out in my truck, and I go, man, they can stick their progress with a sun don't shine. Progress my ass. <laughs> it's not progress. And and all of a sudden, this little melody pops into my head. It, it, listen, God pops him in my head, honestly. I, I follow him. I stay as close to him as I possibly can. And I, I'm one of those guys that I've got the ability to hear things in my head and get them onto that piece of paper and – and if they connect with people, they can become really important things. So I'm always got my antenna out in case something blows across it. That's kind of what this was. John, I got to tell you, I'm so envious. We're sitting at his bar, me and my wife and John. He was kind enough to have us at his. He's got a bar, Redneck Riviera, but he's got a he's got a place in his house. And we we're having a drink, and he just whips out his guitar, folks, and he's like just putting together new melodies. And my wife was like, "Damn, this guy's talented." My gosh, like you can never teach me to do that. John, I got limited time with you, but I wanted to finish up with this because it's such an important point, something we've chatted about and I've heard you chat about on the air. You know, the entertainment industry has obviously gone woke, but there are pockets within the entertainment industry that I think some people still believe are like on our team and Team America and Second Amendment and Patriots, you know, the country music scene. Like, yeah, they've always catered to the patriotic I love America crowd. But that's not so much anymore. Uh, not all of them, but a good large swath of the country music industry, John. 
um, is sadly catered to the woke left brigade. I mean, you don't need them anymore. You can do your own thing. You're your own brand. But a lot of people do. Um, Are you seeing any change for the better or change for the worse in country music? No, it's really an interesting dichotomy because you've got this audience that is blue collar, hardworking. They support the military, the police, their family people. Uh, they love their country. A lot, of, a lot of them are Democrats, a lot of them are Republicans, but they share that commonality of they love their country and they work hard. But the industry, there's a lot of patriotic people still in the industry, but the people calling the shots, Dan, at the very, very top, you're talking Sony and, and, and uh, you know, Universal and Warner Brothers, p- big, giant corporations, they, they call the shots. And like I said earlier, if I was on one of those labels right now, which I've been on those labels, and I wrote this exact same song, which is now number one, and I played it for the label and said, I want to put this song out. There is no way they would let that song be heard, which is the antithesis of what it means to be an artist. Art in it in its pure form should cause people to love it, and it should cause other people to really hate it. I mean, that's what art is all about. One guy loves the painting. The other guy thinks it's the ugliest thing he ever saw. Same thing with music. It should it should be a, a something that causes you to have an opinion. That's that's what art is. But I think a lot of the art has been sacrificed, and a lot of what artists want to say out of Nashville, they're not being allowed to say it, which is a sad thing. But for me, I'm glad that I'm free. I've never felt any better about a song in my life because Dan, I have the freedom to go out and not not ask anybody's permission to put it out. I go, this is what I want to say. I'm going to stick it out there, and doing it on truth and rumble. That's that's just the icing on the cake, man, that we were able to hit number one without those liberal platforms. Uh, we were we were tremendously honored uh, to have you on Rumble. Uh, the CEO and I talk often and uh, just an amazing honor. John, I'm taking a trip up to Nashville soon. Uh, can we stop by the bar? Can you tell us tonight you'll maybe be playing over there again? Because my that's wife and I up. never had a better time than on your that's bar. We got right up next to the stage, and let me tell you something. My wife and I had the it was the most enjoyable <laughs> night we've had in the longest time. Folks, he played for like an hour, had us on his tour bus. We were just talking. My wife and I went home, John, and she's like, you believe that just happened? Like it was like living in a fantasy land. You were so generous to have us there. So can we come back? Is that a, is that, is that a yes? You're welcome. <laughs> Anytime, Brother Dan. Anytime. Thanks, and everybody buddy. listening, come to Nashville, look for our bar. We call it the Heroes Bar on the first floor where vets, active duty, and first responders get treated like royalty. And uh, we, we, we love our country. We love the people that, that support what I'm doing and what you're doing, Dan. And, yeah, go get the song. Go get your Redneck Riviera whiskey somewhere out there. And uh, let's keep showing culture that we can succeed without the machine they built. It is possible. It's my it's my favorite whiskey, too. John has Redneck Riviera whiskey. Uh, I, I've done some scientific experiments on it, testing the hangover capabilities of that versus tequila. It's just science. In the name of science, I've tried it, and it's delicious. <laughs> Pick up the song, too, folks. Progress. It's really, really, really good. I promise. It is really good. John, thanks for your time. Always an honor to have you. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, brother. Take care of yourself. You got it. That was John Rich, folks. Pick up the song. It's really good. That was the great John Rich. Up next is brand new Texas congressional representative Myra Flores. Myra Flores shook up the political scene. But first, let me tell you about our next sponsor. Here's Congresswoman. That sounds good to say. Myra Flores talking about how her unlikely win in a heavily Democratic, largely Hispanic district, how that worked, and how Republicans can win in these districts in the future. Don't miss this. 
I'm really uh, very excited to have her on the show. She is shaking up the political landscape. Congresswoman Myra Flores. Congresswoman, thanks for joining the show. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Well, you are a uh, real, genuine trailblazer. Uh, We got behind (laughs) you early, uh, you and Cassie and others who I think are going to shake up the political scene. You won in a primarily Hispanic district that was won heavily by the Democrats in the past. Uh, you, you, You did not run from your conservative values. What did you see in the district uh, with the largely Hispanic community over there that made you say, you know what, this is a good opportunity for a liberty-loving patriot to jump in and take this seat? Well, no one knows my people better than me. I've lived here all my life. And uh, here in South Texas, we are all about God, family, and hard work. And that is just who we are, Um, you know, and it's it's unfortunate that the Democrat Party continues to push these far left ideas um, on us because it's just not who we are. I was born in Mexico, and a lot of people tell me, how can you be a Republican if you were born in Mexico? Well, because I was born in Mexico and raised with strong conservative values is that my values actually align with the Republican Party. And I just believe that, you know, no political party is, is worth us forgetting about how we were raised and, and the values that were instilled in us. And I just saw the potential because South Texas is conservative and our values yeah. do align with the Republican Party. But we just never had the support. And that is I'm going to speak truthful. You know, the, unfortunately, the Democrat Party took us for granted. And prior to 2020, the Republican Party just never thought that, you know, we could win in South Texas. But, you know, we worked really hard in the 2020 elections and getting the message out there to the community and just educating the Hispanic community on the platforms. I wanted the Hispanic community to know exactly what they were voting for. This is what the Republican Party stands for. This is what the Democrat Party stands for. And they realized that they were a lot, their values aligned with the Republican Party. And I was very proud of what we did in 2020 and that gave me the motivation to to decide to run for office after those elections well thank the lord and i don't use his name in vain uh, (laughs) that you did we are talking to congresswoman and gosh that sounds good myra flores uh, she's become a political sensation on the right for a good reason congresswoman I, i ran for office i lost i didn't win there's no second place But I ran in Maryland, a a blue state, obviously, and I used to campaign in Baltimore City a lot, which is obviously not only Democratic, but overwhelmingly Democratic. And I'll never forget, this was said to me one time, I was out at one of the markets over there shaking hands, and I said to a a voter come up, he happened to be a black man in his 30s or so, and we started talking, I'm like, well, why why don't you you like Republicans? And and he said, "Uh, like them? He goes, I don't know, I never met one. And I thought to myself, is that our problem? Like you ran in a primarily Hispanic Democrat leading district. Is the problem just that we're just not showing up enough? Right. Prior from me actually running, I was we were knocking doors and they told me the same thing. You know, I never are you really a Republican? I'm like, yeah, this is what a Republican looks like. And, you know, it would, it's unfortunate and it's sad, <laughs> but I was the first one to knock on their door. And my team was the first, you know, Republican 
um, actual congressional race that had invested so much in block walking and phone banking. But it's because we didn't have the funding. And in this special election, we did have the funding and the support from the Republican Party. And for me, also, many other organizations were investing in this special election. And that's how we won. We won by staying focused on the issues that mattered to the district, the values, and, of course, issues like gas, groceries, the rent, and the high cost of, uh, of living that affects not only South Texas, yeah. but the entire country. And we have the funding to spread the message across the district. I was the first congressional candidate to run Spanish commercials here, here in South Texas. Right. And it was because of the funding that I was able to do that. I did it in Spanish and English. And the reason why I did it in Spanish was because a lot of people here in my district don't speak Spanish. And if I don't invest in, in that community, the Democrats will, and they'll continue to spread misinformation. So it was very important for them to know who Maida Flores was and how Maida shared the, their values and was fighting for their, the well-being of their families and our community. And they loved it. I got a lot of love and support from the community. You know, people in the special election came out that voted in the Democrat primary, you know, and told me I voted yeah. in the Democrat primary in March, but I'm voting for you now. And that was amazing to see because I don't want no one to be loyal to a political party. I would tell them, you know, why do you vote Democrat? And so, well, I've always voted Democrat, but why? What's the reason? Well, I just never had another choice. I never felt that I had other options. So I was so glad to give these people hope and give them an option. And they realized that, you know, their values and everything that they stood for aligned with Maida Flores. And, and that's why we won because people, you know, united uh, for this, for this uh, historic race. Well, they weren't lying. I mean, obviously a lot of Democrats voted for you. I mean, the Democrat lean of the district yes. significant. There's just not enough math to win with only Republicans. Let me ask you, let's get to the, talk some turkey about re-election so re-election for you um is going to be different you're running in a, a redistricted uh different district than you ran in before that's a little less friendly to republicans um a lot of people like you i got a ton of i told my facebook audience they messaged me congresswoman they said please please pass on to congresswoman flores how much we love her in texas i promised i would so i did it my job is done on that front we like you too we love having you in the show but your, re, your, your re-election here is going to be a little bit tougher. It's not going to be a cakewalk. They've put you in a different district. Can you just explain how it's not as... Um, the last district wasn't friendly either, but this is going to be a difficult fight for you. Well, it got tougher for Vicente Gonzalez. And the lines do not change for me. The, the lines don't change our values. Cameron County continues to be in the current district, which has the biggest population. We won Cameron County for the first time in history. We won it in the special election. And Hidalgo, as, as well, we lost it, I think, by less than 100 votes. So we're very confident in the work that we're doing, that we're going to win the re-election. For me, it, I don't see people, you know, based on Democrat or Republican. I'm knocking all doors. You know, I mean, I don't know if it's the... Me and I was a, in the medical field. I was a respiratory care practitioner and I spoke with all people. It didn't matter. I took care of my patients. It didn't matter if they were Democrat or Republican. You just take care of your patients. That's the way I look at it this race. I just want to knock on every door. It doesn't matter to me what their political affiliation is because I know that their values are just like mine, that they yeah. have never been given an opportunity. The entire district is conservative. 
it doesn't matter the lines you know south texas it's not in, in austin thank god it's not in in california it's not in new york it's in south texas and the values here are the same the values that i was raised with you know i know yeah. my people I was, you know this is my culture this is my rasa and so i i'm very confident in the work that we're doing i mean my opponent is now saying that he's more qualified because he was born in texas and i was born in mexico big loser there Ugh. most of us here in my district oh, got her back. have connections in in mexico uh sorry we got you got cut off a little bit there uh it's okay uh, Congresswoman Myra Flores, uh, one more question, and, uh, and I'll let you go. We really appreciate your time. You know, I, I live here in, in South Florida, which has a um, significant uh, Hispanic population. And uh, my wife is a first-generation immigrant from Colombia, and she'll talk frequently with people who work in and around the neighborhood. And some of the people who are most offended by open borders immigration policies, matter of fact, the most more offended than even some others you would think would be, our first-generation immigrants who went through the legal process, their old take is, well, why did I bother going through the legal process if this next generation of people can just walk in and not do anything? You probably experienced the same thing in the running on the southern border in Texas where folks are like, hey, I didn't sign up for this. I had signed up to pledge allegiance to the flag, not to law-breaking. You're absolutely right. One of the top issues here in my district is border security. People want border security. People don't want this influx of people coming here to the country illegally because we understand that behind illegal immigration is criminal organizations like the cartel. The cartel has taken over Tamaulipas, has taken over our, our borders. You cannot cross unless you pay them. Women and children are being abused, are being raped. That is a fact. Children are being put into child sex trafficking. You know, these are serious, serious issues that we see here in South Texas. We don't need to see it on TV. We live it every single day. And you're right. We want to focus on legal immigration. Let's improve the legal process so it doesn't take 15, 20 years for people to be able to come here to the United States. Let's uh, make a, a process where it doesn't take that many years and it's safer for people. We actually care about immigrants. This administration doesn't care about the American people, doesn't care about the safety of immigrants. We do. We care, and that's yeah. why we're actually going to focus on doing a real immigration reform that it needs to be done because our system is broken, and we need to focus but on the legal process, improving it and making it better for the good people. And so our Border Patrol agents, I'm a Border Patrol wife, so our Border Patrol agents are able to do their job effectively and not focus on children and women and actually focus on terrorists, you know, cartels and drug yeah. dealers that are coming in as well. This is the reality. Congresswoman, I know I said it was last year. One quick thing, and, and, and thank you for your time. Congresswoman Myra Flores, what is the, um, how's the adjustment been for you? I mean, you know, you go from a normal life of an American citizen in South Texas, you're married to a Border Patrol agent, and next thing you know, you're in Congress and people are asking you for interviews like us and others. What's that adjustment been like from, from just a personal perspective? It's been difficult, but the the most difficult part for me, to be honest with you, is being away from, from my little ones um, because I, I'm used to being there for my children um, 24-7. And so that's been the 
biggest change for me. Um, but this is for them. This is for, for our children. And I do surround myself with my family and my husband and my kids so I can stay true to myself, keep my feet grounded um, and not get lost in Washington. I try to be there only when needed and I get back as soon as possible to my district um, because it's important. It's important for us not to lose sight of what's really important in our lives. And that's our family so and the true. people that we represent. So true. Producer Jim wants to know if AOC asked you to join the squad. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Hispanic caucus <laughs> won't even give me a vote back. I guess I'm That's, not Hispanic enough. It's insane. Uh, sadly, like, I, I, I do believe it. Yeah, like, sadly. What's wrong? Why don't you want me to, to sit down at the table with you and let's have a conversation? Not even a call back. It's insane. Sadly, I do believe it. Congresswoman Myra Flores, thank you so much for your time. Great job. you become a real inspiration to many. Thanks for joining the show. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bye-bye. ma'am. Thank you very much. Yeah, gosh, that sounds good. Uh, sorry about the uh, snafus. These phone interviews, you know, they're rough, but I'd rather have them and, you know, just deal with it. And you heard what she had to say. The point got across. So uh, I wasn't hanging up on that interview no matter what. Me and Jim were like, how much dead air can we tolerate? Seven seconds before it goes to a best of, then ride that seven seconds. I don't care. She'll be back. That was Texas Representative Myra Flores. Thanks a lot for listening to the special Sunday podcast. We really appreciate it. If you want to listen to my radio show any weekday across the country, go to Bongino.com. Click on Station Finder and find out where I'm on near you. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great weekend. You just heard Dan Bongino.